Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, Gid MK, aka The Health Nerd, and for this, the inaugural episode, I've got a delightfully sweet treat for you all. While you and I might think that the best use for a spoonful of sugar is to help the medicine go down, a study released recently has, according to media sources from across the globe, shown that there's a better way. Apparently, snorting sugar is not just a euphemism for cocaine use, it's also a wonderful new treatment that is going to cure lung disease of all stripes. Except, well, it probably isn't. The headlines were wrong. Let's kick off with some of these wonderful headlines. I say wonderful because as someone who loves to rant, they are a great resource, but really what I mean is confusing, nonsensical, and often filled with inaccuracy. They're wonderful, but more quantum crystal homeopath than wonderful life wonderful. Something to despair at, rather than celebrate. The New York Post had a great example. Snorting sugar could help fight lung disease, study says. Uh, The Evening Standard was even more explicit. Inhaling sugar can help fight lung infections, experts say. And uh, my favourite, the Daily Mail, that bastion of common sense reporting, went with... Sweet! Inhaling sugar can help fight lung infections by stimulating white blood cells. There were hundreds of these, and they were all very positive. If I were the average consumer on the street, or in the winding hallways of the World Wide Web, I might be lulled into the belief that scientists are saying that snorting sugar can help to treat lung infections. I mean, it literally says that in most of these pieces, particularly the headlines. It does sound truly amazing. Instead of antibiotics and a bucket of medications, we can all start doing lines of sucrose and get high on candy rather than cocaine to treat our respiratory infections. I mean, it's total nonsense, but it does sound pretty rosy. There are two things I do when I see a headline like this. First, I have a think about biological plausibility. What I mean by that is to go back to basics and try and, in this case, figure out what snorting sugar would actually mean. For one thing, sugar is made up of lots of little, sharp and abrasive particles. It's also the perfect food for all kinds of nasty bacteria. On top of that, you don't usually have much granulated sugar in your nose unless you are doing sherbet tragically wrong. What this means is that snorting sugar is a perfect recipe for really bad infections. You're introducing bacteria food into a place that usually doesn't have any of it, while irritating and injuring it in the process. It's a truly terrible idea. So straight away, from a very basic angle, the headline seems suspect. I can't see how snorting sugar could be a medical intervention. So then I move on, and the second thing I do is try to find the actual study that this story came from. This can be pretty challenging, but to their great credit, the New York Post is one of the best media sources in the world at actually linking to the research that they are talking about. Or in this case, the press release, which then linked directly to the study. And I cannot stress enough how rare that is. There are so few papers, news, media sources, that actually link to research, and it is incredibly frustrating if you actually want to know the study that they are talking about. Now, sometimes it can be hard to tell if a news story is nonsense based on the research 
at first. Scientific research is dense, hard to understand, and I really don't envy journalists who have to try and pick it up and run without a scientific background. Sometimes it takes me, a health nerd who works in epidemiology and has a bunch of letters after my name, quite a while to realize that the media stories were total nonsense. Listener, this was not one of those times. Even the title of the study kind of gives the game away. The title is The Lung Environment Controls Alveolar Macrophage Metabolism and Responsiveness in Type 2 Inflammation. If that doesn't sound anything like snorting sugar could help fight lung disease, that's because they're not even vaguely alike. The study itself looked at alveolar macrophages, a type of immune cell found in your lungs, and checked to see how they reacted to different levels of sugar in the surrounding environment. It also looked at how these cells use and process sugar and concluded by saying that it's likely that sugar is an integral part of these cells' response to disease, which means that changing sugar levels in the macrophages might be a way to improve your body's response to lung infections. As I said, not even remotely akin to any of the news stories out there. It's also worth noting, and this is a hilarious point that was not emphasised in the headlines, that this research was conducted in mice. Now, I'm as much a fan of furry little friends as the next nerd, but you can't just take research done in mice and transfer it directly into people like that. You can't even take this research and apply it directly to mice, because while I say it's done in mice, Technically, it was done in mouse cells that were removed from their bodies. Mice are vastly more complex than individual mouse cells, and humans are very different to mice, adding another layer of complexity on top of that. This type of research is usually called lab bench research because it's conducted in labs far away from actual patients. And while it's a vital link in the research chain, it's very far removed from actually treating real people. At one end of the chain, of this chain of research, we have an effective intervention that we can give to actual living human beings. And at the other end, we have research like this, where scientists identify possible causal pathways in animal models so that they can figure out how to intervene in this causal pathway and improve health in some way. Going from one end of the chain to the other, adding links all the way, takes somewhere in the region of a decade and is much more likely to fail than to succeed. There are even figures on this. So less than 5% of treatments that are tested in people, so this is treatments that have made it through all of the hurdles of animal testing and have finally made it to people, become licensed drugs, only less than 5% of those, and only a small fraction of identified mechanisms, like we see in this study, even make it that far. Which means there's about a 100 to 1 chance, maybe a bit less, that this study will actually result in a treatment. But even then the chances are that it won't be snorting sugar, because that's just absurd. So how did we get from a study that is decades removed from an actual treatment to snorting sugar helps lungs? Well, a big hint is in the press release. While not every news story repeated this verbatim, they almost all got a large part of their content from it. 
Now, this isn't surprising because journalists are very busy people and crafting stories takes time. Much easier if it's wrapped up nice and neat in a press release that you can just quickly nick from for your story. And in the press release, the lead author of the study, a Professor MacDonald, said this. On the flip side, it is possible that provisions of glucose could increase inflammation to help protect against some lung infections. It's reasonable to suggest that short-term inhalation therapy might one day work as such a treatment. In other words, at some point in the future, inhaling sugar could possibly be part of a treatment for lung infections. Now, the professor said this as part of a complex argument about macrophages and really meant, if you take it in context with the rest of his quite long body of text, that inhalation of a drug targeting glucose receptors, as well as perhaps adding glucose to the regimen, might be part of a targeted intervention. But if you're a hurried journalist, you might just read the summary at the top of the press release, write a few extra paragraphs, and chuck in the quote. And the summary at the top of the press release was a little bit more misleading, saying that sugar could be sweet solution to respiratory disease, and specifically saying that restriction or inhalation of common sugar could one day treat a range of respiratory diseases. So instantly, a story about mouse cells in a petri dish in a lab becomes a story about snorting sugar for you and I. And that is how the headlines are made, and that is how we get very silly advice to snort sugar for people like you and I. Um, and this is where I will say, please don't snort sugar. It is very silly. You will give yourself a nasty infection. It will hurt. I had a friend once who enjoyed snorting things. Um, I egged him on, and in both of our defense, we were about 10 years old, and 10-year-old boys are idiots. He snorted a wide variety of things, including parmesan, wasabi, salt, and table sugar. Um, table sugar wasn't the most painful. I think wasabi edged it out. But even then, it was close to the top, because it's a bit like snorting sand. So you definitely shouldn't do that. If you see headlines like this, it's always worth being cautious. Check the story, check the study, and have a think about what it might all actually mean. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at at SensiPod. I'm your host, GidMK, and you can find me on Twitter at at GidMK or Medium at GidMK or Facebook at GidMK Health Nerd. That's G-I-D-M-K. Have a great week. And remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. The media is not always right when it comes to science.